And blessed to be with you. Mayhem in the AM with KM. Let's go to our friend Dave Petso. Dave Petso, the Petso Center, host of Money Matters. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Kevin. Good to have you with beautiful. us. Beautiful. Beautiful yeah. day. You know, I, I, I really uh, hearken back to the days when we would have you on at 7 all the time. Well, yeah, that's true. I know. I know. It was uh, it, it was it, a great run. For those pesky Monday mornings, that's true. It, it was a great run. Oh, how I missed them. But uh, alas, uh, here we are. Uh, when you renegotiated your contract, you wanted a, a, a later time slot. I don't want to say a better one, but a later one. A later one. I know. I know. I hear people all the time saying I should be back on at seven because that's when they want me to be on. And it's like, OK, well, but that doesn't work as well for me. So, well, anyway, you know, this is what we I, love I, about. I oh, this is what the, oh, I'm going to try and save you from yourself. This is why we love Dave Petso, that he just tells it like like it is. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I do. I appreciate the tough negotiation, Kevin. And uh, <laughs> let me uh, let, let me have <laughs> have that big raise and um, move to eight o'clock. So. Well, there's a, there's a lot of equity uh, in, uh, in our negotiations. Uh, Dave That's pretty right. much says this is how it's going to be. Uh, th- there it is, but <laughs> hardly, hardly, <laughs> you, you know, um, you're, you're let, let's talk about the president. And he said that the crisis has been avoided due to his bipartisan leadership I know you were talking about this on on Saturday and the woke and the divisiveness on both sides. Uh, your thoughts on uh, where do we go from here now that we've kicked the can down the road, sir? Yeah, I, it's it's a good process for I think for Republicans in the sense that they can now turn this into a campaign. To I think this presidential campaign very much is going to be about thinking along the lines of reducing our budget deficit, quit selling our future away, the future of our kids, our grandkids, our descendants, it, it is exactly what we're doing, and it's an incredibly selfish thing. It's, it's really something that has been this shift, this mind shift that has gone from, I want my kids to live a better life than me. Humans kind of function that way for, for centuries, right, where the, the whole goal of a family was to promote the children going forward to a better lifestyle. And we have seem, seemingly gotten away from that, to me, where families, people, we may not outright say, I don't care about my kids, but when you spend their future away in debt, that's exactly what we're saying is I want my stuff right now. I don't want my kids. And I think this leads to a very important discussion, not just on the economic side, but the, 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 the morals, our values about this are very important as well. And I think that this changes the, the dynamic. I, I think it's a really important thing that we're, we're doing. Our friend Dave Petzl joining us, Kevin Miller in the morning, KIDO Talk Radio. So, uh, Dave, let's let's take a look at. You know, how business has reacted. Is it more of the same? Is it the boon times despite record inflation and despite gas prices going up? Joe says, don't worry about it. And by the way, you and I are from the, the, the same generation where you call the, the person, the, the president, whether you agreed with him or not. But I mean, oh, President Obama calls him Joe. His friends call him Joe. So I guess he just wants to be Joe. I think he does. It, 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 you're right. It does uh, demean the, the office a little bit. Kevin, it's not business as normal. It does to a degree where we don't have to worry about the default. That's nice. But, but 
there, there is a, a, it's a very odd circumstance right now. You, we, we did something unprecedented, and I, I know it's, so, it's such an overused word uh, in our society today, but it really was unprecedented what we've done. And I think it, it, it requires just a moment if I can digress here. We have inflated the money system in a way we've not even come close. I'm, I'm talking planetary differences, right? I mean, we are not talking about a couple percentage points of increase different than we've tried before. And finally, inflation bubbled and, and, and became non-transient, as we know. The Federal Reserve was very, very late. That's true. But again, when you have an unprecedented amount of money in the system, money in people's savings accounts, people are sitting on their couch. We've never tried this before. And now we're taking it away, and once again, in an unprecedented way. Interest rates from 0 to 5% is ridiculously shocking to the system. So within all this, we get a very mixed-up situation. We don't know how much money needs to be extracted. It's being extracted at the highest rate since the Great Depression. And I, don't, I guess I probably have to say I'm not predicting a Great Depression, but understanding the unprecedented nature of what we're going through I think is very important for all of us. This is very, very different. And you can't simply take, well, this happened in 1983 or 1989. This looks just like whatever year you want to point to. It looks like no other time. And by by magnitude, it is really tremendous. And so it, it is important to understand when we look at all these numbers of, oh, that was a great jobs report on Friday. Was it? I don't know, because the other jobs report, the jobs report that's often quoted, showed job losses. So did we, in fact, lose 300,000 jobs, and I talked about it on Saturday, or did we gain 400,000 jobs? It's a very mixed-up thing, and I'm I'm not here to say that the Department of Labor is lying about things, but there's a lot of questions floating around, not by me, not by right-wing conspiracy folks, but by all economists saying, what is going on with the jobs market because the numbers don't match? You're hearing people like Steve Leisman on NBC going, I can't make this add up. Well, that's on liberal NBC. This is not uh, some kind of right-wing thing. So we're struggling with all the numbers. Are we in recession? Are we not? These are, it's, it's, a t- it's a difficult circumstance right now to figure out what's going on with the economy. So it's not GDP, GDI, they're, they're differing each other as well. So it, it's a really strange circumstance of mixed economic data right now. Our great friend Dave Petzo joining us at the Petzo Center, Money Matters, 8 to 10 on Saturdays here. And you talk about the jobs reports, uh, the economy adding uh, 339,000 jobs, crushing expectations. But, you know, you know, is that people working five jobs instead of three? It, it, it doesn't seem to make sense when you have the inflation. Now, gas prices going up as well. You do. And they are coming up and expected to continue to rise this summer. But uh, we are seeing that. It's a very odd thing right now. We're seeing less labor hours. So people are working less. And that's the seventh month in a row of less hours worked. How is it less hours worked collectively when we supposedly have hundreds of thousands of new jobs being created, adding another 40-hour-a-week worker? And so, again, there's all kinds of theories popping up. And I, I, 
I don't know which one you want to buy into. And we'll see at the end of, you know, maybe, who knows, another few months, some of this might sift out. Maybe it takes another year. But this has been going on for a long time now where we really have this mixed data of lower hours worked, lower wages, but all of these jobs created. So it doesn't, and, and that's by one measure, the Department of Labor's measure, and by private measure, we see job losses several months in a row. So again, these are these are are we in are we in a boom time, as you like to say, Kevin, or are we talking about a recession that we're already in? It's a question. Don't know. Well, what do you make of the the gas prices going up now? Idaho back in the top ten of uh, in the nation, a familiar place for us. It's been a while, but uh, we're back. We are back, and it's uh, we are stuck with one pipeline that basically comes to the area. We basically have uh, Jackson stores are, are it, and uh, it, you know, meaning that it, I'm not saying that they're setting the price, but it, but it, because they're not, there there are others, but but they are so dominant in the area, and when you have one pipeline, well, we are absolutely stuck with it. That's the way it's probably going to stay. There's really nothing we can do. We don't have. We're not. Silly, like say Seattle. I, I I use it as an example. I'm sure California is even worse. I, I pause it because their prices are, are ridiculous. But in Seattle, they have all these additives you have to put in, and all these things. They make it ex- incredibly expensive when it gets there, and then they tax it terribly. So we don't do that. I'm glad we don't as a state. But it's still with one pipeline, we pay a price, Kevin. You're right. We are always seemingly in the top ten. Well, and usually in the top five, which probably unfortunately is the future. But, you know, on the other hand, we still have uh, people with their RVs, people with their SUVs and their four wheelers. We don't uh, I I think the campgrounds last year had a record amount of people. It looks like they're going to have a record amount this year. It doesn't seem that uh, despite higher prices, it's impacting uh, our ability to recreate. Uh, Perhaps more people are going into debt. Your your thoughts. Kevin, it's, an, it's a very interesting point and, and, and one that uh, is, is being debated all the time. People can't figure out what is going on with the economy. People are traveling like crazy. Um, uh, uh, the Wall Street Journal reported that uh, I believe it's Expedia, but it's one of the travel companies, often uses Boise as an example, and that the prices are, were $500, say, to go to the East Coast are now 1000 and more, and the planes are full. It doesn't seem to matter when it comes to travel. You used to pay uh, 150 for a hotel room. It's 300. It's 400 a night. That's okay. Doesn't matter. We're paying it. So ticket prices, concerts, as you and I talked last week, all of these things don't seem to be slowing people down. So when we see that, you say there is a huge amount. It must be a a, a, a pent up demand. B, a lot of savings that don't bother people. So you have two numbers. We have Higher credit card debt than ever, that's true. We also have higher savings than people have had as well. So you have a super high savings uh, rate amongst Americans, whether that's from fear and they're not investing, however you want to say it. There's a lot of cash sitting in people's savings accounts. More than ever, that indicates that people still have money. So I think it's a bifurcation of of the economy. You've got People on the lower income side, I'm not talking poor, but lower income, working people, middle, lower income are really struggling big time. 
their wages aren't high enough to keep up with inflation, and all the costs around them just continue to spiral. Some of that's finding its way in credit card debt. Maybe it's keeping up with the Joneses. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate that somebody's blowing it. But at the same time, you're seeing people spending their savings and saying, I don't care. I don't care. Family, we're going to take this vacation. We're going to, you know, we're going to Boston and off we go. And it's a $10,000 trip when it used to be a couple thousand, three to $4,000. It's crazy. So you're saying the Wall Street Journal. the line is double. The Wall Street Journal did do that, though, huh? What's that? They did what? The, Lars, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I was going to say Lars Larson. Uh, but uh, the Wall Street Journal did a, a profile on Boise in one of their stories. Yes, and, and, and they have. Uh, they, they, Boise is an interesting spot, too, if you will. So, sociologists, people have been migrating here. It's a, it's a clean town. It's, a, it's, a, it's a pro, not progressive in the political sense, but progressive in the sense of people coming here and starting up businesses, entrepreneurial. It's, uh, it, it's an interesting place. And what goes in Boise is, where, is what a lot of people think of as the average uh, person in America, kind of like Des Moines. More with uh, Dave Petzo coming up next. We won't talk about Des Moines. We will talk about your money on KIDO Talk Radio. And back with Dave Petzo, the Petzo Center, Petzo Financial. So, Dave, what do you expect this summer? More confusion. <laughs> I expect travel to be very, very busy. Prices are amazingly high from Airbnb, as we've talked about, on down and, and expecting gas prices to rise. So I expect either a serious slowdown in the fall, winter, uh, to the travel industry as people s- simply run out of money. Or uh, economists, me, everybody, we're just wrong. There's a magic printing press somewhere that just keeps pumping out money. And the idea that people's incomes are, are after inflation are coming down and have been for a year now isn't real. So at some point, once again, that's one of the reasons I don't fault the economists on this for being wrong. It's unprecedented what we did. And so now we're trying to figure out what that looks like as the punch bowl is taken away, the biggest punch bowl by far in history is taken away and it has been taken away but remember when we raise interest rates there's a huge lag effect as we begin to slow down new housing projects developments commercial buildings all of those things start to slow down in the economy it takes a while to start showing up down the road so we do not know what a 5% interest rate increase is going to do yet. It's just not in, a, in the numbers yet. Well, that's a great point. You know, now they're saying again, interest rates are going to go up, and there you have it. And um, how are we going to deal with that? If you listen again to the everything else, uh, it, it's all good. It's all exciting, and we're, you know, things are, are going to be wonderful. Um, but again, how do you operate? Uh, when you have these high interest rates and, you know, we've had builders that have bailed on things and other builders that continue to build. I, I mean, how much of our economy locally is based on building? It's not a huge number really anywhere. It's, it is an, an important number. I'm not saying that uh, um, it's, it's, it's a completely irrelevant. 
but it's not as big as people think. It's somewhere usually in most areas around 10% of the overall output of an area. But, Kevin, it's a strong indicator. You know, it's one of those things. It's the canary in the coal mine. It's, it's right there. We know as soon as interest rates go up or there's a slowdown in the overall economy, bam, it's right there. That is the indicator. I don't know if I want to buy that house right now. I don't know. No, you can't, right? It's 7% interest. It's a big difference. So we're seeing a real pullback here in housing, and I think it's just indicative overall in the economy. Some things are taking longer, and again, we're really looking at a whole new set of data that we can look at going forward if we go ahead and balloon a balance sheet and then rip it away from people at a pace we've not seen since the Great Depression. It's a big thing to see, and we're still living it. We're, we're, we see negative, negative money supply growth, and that is just a very unusual circumstance, and it's the first time we've seen it for this long since the Great Depression. Right. That is uh, the challenge. And um, what's your advice? My advice is really the same advice as, as always. We don't have to predict the future. Sometimes it's going to be grand. Sometimes it's not going to be so good. And if you are going to spend every dime you have in good times and not put away some money, not figure out what's going to happen when you need to cut back, or your cutback, your job's cutback, then you're always on the cutting edge. You're just basically bankrupt. Your company's out of business. We're just waiting for the next cycle. And and so I think that people always should be, if you will, you know, putting away a couple of bucks. It just doesn't change. And we all know that the stock market always works its way to all-time highs. You don't have to predict that, and people do. It's a game that people play. It always hurts them. They don't perform as well as just leaving it alone, but it doesn't stop them, and we overthink things. So I, I'm telling you, we're not sitting around at Petso Financial or really any of the institutions that we deal with on a regular basis saying, you know, because things are uncertain right now, you shouldn't own any stocks. That's not what we're saying. That's not really what most people are saying. We're simply saying, I think it's a time for a little bit of caution and being careful. But I'm not about to sell my Apple stock. I'm not about to make the big play that this is it. It's all over. I just think it's cautious because it's weird out there now, Kevin. It's unprecedented. I'm going to go ahead and overuse that word again. It's It still is unprecedented, and we need to work our way through what we did. And we just don't know how that's all going to come out. Dave, anything else you'd like to share with us today? No, I think that uh, we covered it, Kevin, today. I mean, usually I've got a tidbit for you, but that's it. I think that things are very confusing, super confusing. And it's okay to be confused and not know what's happening. It doesn't take you out of the game. It shouldn't. It's just it's a confusing time. I know I am, and I don't know any economist that isn't shaking their head. I do have one quick thing. I will leave you with this. Remember the Federal Reserve at the beginning of 22 finally acknowledged that, in fact, inflation was not transitory. 
but they saw interest rates going up three one quarter of a point times throughout 22. We had the equivalent of 18 of those raising the rates three quarters of a percent three times. They don't know. Nobody knows. Sitting around predicting this is nonsense. And whatever the Fed says, they've been incredibly wrong. I mean, planetary wrong the entire time over the last two years. I'm not sure why we wait with bated breath what the Fed is going to say in the June meeting or the August meeting or whatever. Just roll forward. It doesn't really matter, does it? They haven't been right, and the world continues. There we have it. Dave Petso. They haven't been right, and the world continues. (laughs) All right. Kevin, have a beautiful day. You too, Dave. Thank you for your time, sir. Thank you. Our great friend, Dave Petso.